Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, sports talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? The Flyers losing the shootout to Tampa Bay. We'll talk about it all before we do. If you're new to the channel, smash the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button as well. I greatly appreciate the support. And real quickly, if you're looking to buy tickets Saturday night against the Bruins or an upcoming Sixers game, any NHL, NBA, NFL game, you can utilize the promo code BRODES at SeatGeek's checkout page for $20 off. $20. I'm giving you a free $20. Make sure you get yourself to a game. You're basically eliminating all the fees right from the jump. It makes total sense. You'd be foolish not to use it. With that being said, enjoy the show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. That was a good battle. I'll be honest with you. I'm not disappointed. I'm not really disgusted or anything. I look at that team while we'll discuss the second period and we'll talk about how that wasn't very sharp and Carter Hart allowing that goal in the third period. Oh, it was a heartbreaker in the moment. But the captain, Claude Giroux, scored his second of the night with eight seconds to go and really had his goaltenders back. It wasn't like the purest game of hockey, but overall, when you know you're going up against a firepower squad that has a deep-ass team that can win a Stanley Cup. And look, it's difficult to win back-to-back, let alone back-to-back-to-back. So I'm not telling you that's exactly who they are, considering Tampa Bay lost their third line last year, which is such a crucial part to their success and why they were able to be so legitimate and so legal. They still are, though, right? I mean, they have such great talent. My point is, this is what Tampa does. Tampa looks makes teams that aren't the, the best look awful at times, and they dominate you at times, and that's reality of the situation. All I know is this day, this damn game was so close that you could have flipped the coin. This could have went either way. In overtime, Travis Sanheim, Cam Atkinson, Sean Couturier, there were a couple different chances that were literally inches away from going the Flyers' way. You had Oscar Lindblom throw a puck towards Cam Atkinson in that second period, late second period. That could have been the difference maker. In the third, how many chances did Tampa Bay have? Barely any. Any. I wouldn't even call that Steven Stamkos one a legitimate chance. It just squeaked through. So how they made that adjustment matters to me. This team stayed with it. It's easy to go, whew, man, 
Look at the way that they controlled the pace. Look at the way Tampa controlled things. Even in the first, the Flyers were up 2-0, but Carter Hart had to be stellar, and he made massive, massive saves throughout, whether it's Colton. I'm sure Colton is going to lose damn sleep tonight thinking of Carter Hart's pad because it was all over the map. Same with Braden Point, who was buzzing and flying and so damn noticeable out there. Carter Hart was magnificent and answered the bell. That's why it's so damn unfortunate that the way the Lightning took the lead late, it was somewhat of a gut punch because you wouldn't have even been in that position to begin with if it wasn't for the kid, 79, in between the pipes, hanging around in that blue paint. But they responded, and they were confident. They were bought in. They were blocking shots. They were doing the little things that needed. And after the second period had ended, you start the period with a power play. And their power play has been putrid. Now, I will say there was better offensive zone time. It did not accomplish the goal that we need, which is finding the back of the net and hit and twine. So we're not where we need to be just yet. But ultimately, it is getting better. They had the set play off of the faceoff. They bank it off the boards. We've seen this a bunch of times before, and TK starts off flying into the zone, trying to catch Vasilevsky off guard, tries to almost, maybe it was like a chip or a change-up style shot over the glove, but Vasilevsky, who's an outstanding netminder, made the save. But I love G early first period. Here he is. And he just uses his body to protect the puck and cut across the crease and undress Vasilevsky. Or oh, for Travis Konechny for hit for the second goal. Here he is. He's bought in in the D zone. He flies through the neutral zone, picks up the puck. Oscar Lindblom drives the net, buys TK some time and space, and he just rips it. Bang! Now you're up to nothing. But the first period wasn't all dandelions and unicorns and roses, right? There were times where Tampa dictated the pace of play, but you know what? They do that. They do that. And that is an acceptable answer. That's not making an excuse. Oh, you're making an excuse. No, this is one of the best teams in all of hockey. This is what they do. They make you uncomfortable. They push the pace. Now, like, The second period, yeah, it happened too much for my liking. You have to limit how much it was happening. They were going full throttle, and it really made me uncomfortable at times. You knew they were going to bury, right? And when it ends ends up hitting off a stick and, and, you know, getting the bounce their way, that's because they generate those lucky bounces. Sometimes puck luck is puck luck, and other times you earn that puck luck by the style that you're playing, by the intensity you're rolling with, by gaining the the zone and and forechecking, right? So... Yeah, when Tampa Bay throws a puck on net, they get a bounce right to their stick and they put it in past Carter Hart. Their work ethic is what sort of forced that play to happen. So I wasn't insanely proud of it in the moment, but when you take a look at the full 65 plus the shootout, I have to say that I, I... thoroughly enjoyed their their effort against a team that is very strong. And you snag a point. There's no reason to hold your head down low. There's no reason to look down and say, damn it, and hold your head up. No, pick your damn head up. Let's go see Boston on Saturday night. And if you tell me you beat Calgary and you take one point against Tampa Bay and you beat the Boston Bruins this week for your three home games, guess what I'm doing? Jumping jacks naked. You're taking five out of six points. How much more can you demand? So if you handle your your business against a Boston team, there really should be nothing that should extremely disappoint you. That's a, that's a very solid week in the National 
Hockey League. So, you know, you just think about what happened here. They were bought in the third period adjustment to me is is so damn hard to do. The fact that you hold Tampa Bay to those type of numbers, right? I mean, I even took some screenshots throughout the period as it was playing out. And you see that Sam Carcini's tweeting out throughout the action that um, Tampa Bay has zero shots in eight minutes and 29 seconds into the third period. Who does that? Who does that? I'm watching Justin Braun join the rush and let a clap bomb go and McEwen's driving the net. He almost put it in. In the first period, Justin Braun's wide open in the middle of the slot, just letting it go. And I'm thinking, this guy, this guy's better than Bobby Orr. This guy's outstanding. He's joining the rush. He's doing all the little things. Rasmus Ristolainen's bringing that, that intensity with the body and he's hitting guys. No, you know, he took a penalty that I didn't love. Derek Broussard took a penalty that I didn't love when the play was basically almost ready to be dead because Carter Hart was going to put his glove on it and there would be a face-off in the defensive zone. Here's a veteran player with his stick all nonchalant and flying up in the air, hitting guys in the face. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't have to tell you what Steven Stamkos can do, what Victor Hedman can do, what Braden Point can do, what these studs can do on the other side. They don't have a Flyers power play. They know what they're doing. They can do it. Now, here's one thing that annoys the shit out of me when I'm sitting there watching the game, and I've been to... Basically, all the games except for two home games in the press box this year. I cannot stand hearing fans. And I bring it up because I heard it on my damn TV tonight in my man cave. I wasn't able to go. But here I am listening to the fans. Shoot! Shoot! Now, this has been a common hate by me and a lot of hockey fans in general. What are we doing? Like, we're setting up the power play. We're at the top of the point, and there's an art. And look, they're not good at the craft. They're not good at the art. And I've mentioned before, what you need to do is simplify things when it does get ugly, when it does get awkward. Sometimes you try and do too much simplify, but there's a difference between yelling at Ivan Provorov to shoot the puck when they're working it along the half wall and the top of the blue line to kind of create some space and create a lane, and then simplifying it in general, right? That's two different things. I'm hearing people scream shoot before they even enter the zone. And then as soon as they enter the zone, shoot. Do you know how a power play works? Do you know what the idea of a power play is? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. People are just taking it to this insane. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It sounds like people who never watched the game before are sitting there trying to tell the players what to do. It hasn't been good. Nobody's denying that. I think everybody's pretty damn clear clear here. Something needs to change. Michelle Terrian has to figure it out, and they need to come together to make it smoother. But at the end of the day, to yell as soon as they get into the zone and pass the puck once from the blue line to the half wall to start screaming to shoot, it's pathetic! It's pathetic, and it's embarrassing, and it sounds like we have no idea what the sport is about. There are times where they have to dumb it down a bit and get back to walking the blue, getting traffic in front. I thought there were times in some power plays where they actually uh, did better than they have as of late, but it doesn't mean that's anything magnificent because as of late, it's been horrendous. But still, I mean, the whole shoot thing, it, it makes me sick. It makes me nauseous. Because you know what? Flyers fans, they are passionate about the game. That's what we take pride in. As hockey fans, Flyers, we have passionate, love the orange and the black. 
Are you dumb, though? Uh, I mean, I thought we were smarter than this. Although, there are some that believe that Claude Giroux is an organizational problem. So, I mean, there are idiots. Uh, We can't sugarcoat things. There are people who are stupid and don't know a damn thing. Because here's our captain. You know, he he scores the first goal of the game. Ridiculous against a netminder who's at the top of this damn league with that type of filthy hands. Come on, with that type of puck protection? Ridiculous. And then with eight seconds left, he wills this team to play. And I'm not trying to to act as if, once again, this is an excuse because it's not an excuse. But to act as if not having your second-line center, which Kevin Hayes unavailable, and apparently A.V. said after the game we'll get an update somewhere between, like, I think the window was around, was it 24 to 72 hours or 48 to 72 hours? So they're gathering more info. You saw when he went down and left that that period in, in the game against the... Calgary Flames and came back for the third. I was stunned that he went back on the ice. I really was. So we'll get an update there. And without your number one defenseman, Ryan Ellis not here, the news there, four to six weeks, that's not something that you could just pretend isn't massive, right? Willman and Sealer. And Sealer, here he is, first period, two on one. He's diving on his stomach and breaking up a pass, which good for him. Kudos to him, I think, for what it's worth and for what it is. He hasn't been uh, like. Uh, He's holding his own. I mean, I'm not telling you every play is the greatest play in the world. Of course, there's hiccups along the way, but I'm just saying I probably expected worse than what I'm getting when I, if, if you told me that this deep into the season he would be playing consistently and actively logging in minutes, I'd probably say, yeah, it'd be worse than what we have gotten to this point. I don't know how much longer we can really think that this is what it's going to be. You know, at times when, when they play more minutes, there's more opportunities to get exposed. But my point is you play this way against this team and any of those late opportunities could have easily went in the Flyers' direction and you're not playing with center number two and you're not playing with Ryan Ellis. I mean, it's a difficult thing to ask. It's not an excuse and no one's going to feel sorry for you, right? Tampa Bay doesn't go, oh, well, let's take our foot off the gas because they're missing two of their guys, two of their top players. No, so you have to find ways to get around this and battle and be tough and be hard and, you know, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot more more energy out of you, and you're going to have to rely on players that realistically might not be suited for some of those circumstances that you'll need them for, but that's what it's all about. With a deep team, guys will have to step up or double shift or things of that nature. So, And speaking of double shifting, well, it's, it's not really a, a full-on same concept, but if you're thinking about lines, that is, you know, you did see some change-up, and you saw uh, Broussard and Atkinson moving around a little bit. You saw G involved. So, you know, I, I, I like what you're trying to do here with Patrick Brown not in. You figured Oscar Lindblom was going to be the guy. It was actually pretty obvious and just smacking us right in the face. There were some noticeable moments out of him, and I think because of the calls that's happening right now with the cancer and all, there's an extra motivation, an extra sort of buzz. That play where he tried to pass it to Cam Atkinson back door, that was a centimeter away from going in. Now, it hit off of a stick of a defender for Tampa. It ended up hitting the post, but damn, was that so close, and how awesome would it have been for Oscar Lindblom to be the one to maybe net such a game-changing goal when we know what we've been talking about throughout this storyline of today's game with the jerseys and the warm-ups and and the cancer and all of that. So it just would have been magnificent. I was really pulling for him. Um, But yeah, you know, look, the team didn't score in the shootout. And yeah, this team's a disaster. That's the way you have to label it. A full-on disaster when it comes to the shootout. Uh, It didn't look like Couturier had anything. Carter Hart got sniped twice. Steven Stamkos coming down on you, though. 
uh, what are you going to do? Would I like a better effort from from Carter Hart on two breakaways from two legitimate starts? Yeah, I, w- I would, but at the same time, you know, I'm not banging my fist and saying, that's where we lost things tonight, fellas, right? And with G, I know the broadcast alluded to him maybe trying to go in between his legs to dance uh, Vasilevsky that way. It sort of seemed to me, and maybe I'll go back and watch it a couple times, but from the replay and from live action, it seemed like the puck sort of died on him more than it was him going in between his legs trying to do something fancy. But who knows? I mean, G does have some silky mittens on him, so I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to get cute and fancy as well. So I want to um, take a look here just to see what else was being said about the uh, about uh, Elaine Vigneault and what he said after the game. It looks like this is courtesy of... Uh, Rush Joy of Crossing Broad. Connecting was asked about the team's struggles on the power play. Notes the team scored six on five for whatever it's worth. That is true. They had the yank Carter Hart to give themselves a bit of a man advantage for G to throw that biscuit on that. Now, that's different though, right? Like there's a sense of urgency with the clock winding out. You know, the time's running out. You're throwing pucks on that. Not that it wasn't a great shot by G. It was, and it had eyes the whole way. But I do feel like there's a different tone involved when you're trying to establish a five on four peeper in the middle of the second or in the start of the third when it's a tie hockey game compared to, you know, late, let's just throw everything. We got nothing to lose. We have to, right? I mean, it's a, it's a totally different vibe, I'd say, compared to six on five. Hart was asked about Stamkos' goal. I wouldn't play it any different. Equipment malfunction. Noted that the pads are newer. That's something you'd expect of older pads. That's interesting. I mean, look, I just thought that so it's flu- like with that goal that Stamco scored there, you throw a puck on net, and it's sort of one of, like, sometimes that happens. Sometimes it is what it, what made you, maybe you want to hug the post a little bit closer. I didn't get to see the angle from Stamco's side. You saw it from the other side more so, unless I just missed a replay shot of it all. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, it's a heartbreaker, right? Like, I had a tweet even tweeted out, saved in my drafts while that while we were waiting for Giroud to score the game-tying goal, and it was, like, disappointing and a heartbreaking way to lose considering what Carter Hart meant to the team being in that position. But it, it's nobody's fault. That's nobody's fault. That's not being piss poor in a situation. It's just, like, an unfortunate thing that unfortunately occurs when you're playing a sport and you just kind of chalk it up to, one of those moments more than anything else. But, you know, Carter just has a great mindset. And and, and when you when something like that does happen, one, you got to make sure you stay true to yourself and just keep battling mentally and don't let it eat you alive because if you do tie it up, we'll need you in overtime. We'll need you in moments. We'll need you late. So stay locked in and loaded. And then, two, your captain steps up for you. Your captain has your back. Your captain leads the team. I mentioned this last year. While the team was not pretty and it was actually terrible. Claude Drew willed you multiple, 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 multiple times last year to be in games that you shouldn't have been in. Now, I won't label this as a game you shouldn't have been in. And yeah, I get it. You can go back to the second and even some of the first, even when you were up 2-0. And that second was really, uh, it was a tough one. You got you got worked. You got annihilated. Guys were really in the in the Flyers' defensive zone. They were in Tampa Bay's offensive zone nonstop, really cycling the puck well and getting some good chances. I'm not telling you it was pretty by any means, but I still thought overall when you look at the full body of work and the full sample size to act as if the Flyers were out of this game. No, they were competing in there. They were in there. They were balling. They were blocking shots. They had some rushes. 
And, and if you could bury some damn power play goals here, we wouldn't even be having the discussion of them being so damn miserable when it comes to scoring goals. Giroux said that Hart gave the team a chance to win. No doubt about it. They wanted to control possession in the third. Thought it was their best period of the night. Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely a thousand percent right there, uh, Captain. I love G's facial expressions too, man. I, I really do. There's something about the way this guy carries himself. There's something about the way that this dude's energy is just legit as hell. Um, it puts a big smile on my face. It's it's he's just got like I'm sorry, I'm looking for my my read here that I have to uh read for you guys in just one second. I could have sworn I had it on my on my desk, but it looks like I don't, so I'm going to uh I'll find it. But I love the way that G is is just I don't know. It's the demeanor. It's the facial expressions. It's the attitude. It's it's like the I I I promise you we will make this happen. I promise you I will get you this bingo. We need it. Don't worry about it. I got you. It's like this. Just oh, it's the competitive fire in the grit of his teeth. And I think it's the beard too that makes it look even tougher as well. I love every second of it. Him sitting on the bench. Even if he's just sitting on the bench and they zoom in. Or if there's an icing but he has to get his skate blade figured out and something needs to be fixed with his wheels and he's barking back at the refs just to let them know. There's something about the way his face screams determination that turns me on, damn it. What else turns me on is DeSimone Jewelers. All right, They are my jewelers. I got my fiance's engagement ring from them. I went back for her birthday. I go for Mother's Day. I go for Valentine's Day. You name it. I'm getting jewelry. I'm going to DeSimone Jewelers. They work with you to get the best design at the most reasonable price you will find in the market. They are a family-owned business. Will, Lou, Nick, Mike, they are so fantastic. You sit down, they educate you. It's not just about, hey, let me go grab a sale real quick. No, no, no. Sit down with us. We'll teach you why this is different from that and which direction you should go and they give you all these tools to study the diamond so they're really informing you on what you're actually purchasing and not so much here's a ring that's big and it shines no this is why it shines this is why this might fit better on this display and why you know this shape is that and that it's so awesome and they really do treat you like family they're located in Haddonfield New Jersey and they used to be at Jewelers Row they have custom jewelry design jewelry repairs appraisals, watch repairs, battery replacement, a diamond setting, jewelry cleaning, and so much more. Check them out, dsimonejewelers.com. Make sure you tell them that Broads sent you. It's such a great experience. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right, let's go to the Anytime Hotline to hear from the people after the game. Here we go. Well, I take the point. Absolutely. This is not one of those occasions where, like, you kind of have to settle for a point. Concerning the fact that we were about eight seconds away from coming out with nothing until Claude the captain, stripped the sea, trade him even though he has a no-trade clause, like Claude Giroux, uh, tied the game with eight seconds left. I mean, I'll take that. I mean, this team is terrible in shootouts. I mean, this is just, that was like a... Uh, mirror image of the Vancouver game to start the season. Like, I don't know how Carter Hart is so bad at shootout stopping, but whatever. He had a great game, nevertheless. Let's take down Boston just like we did at the start of the season. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. You know, like that. You got a point, and I don't, I don't feel like this is one where you escaped a, a game where you, I don't know. Like, there's two ways to look at this, right? And a couple of my buddies felt this way, and when they were texting in the group chat, I was a little baffled by it because I guess I'm kind of in another direction of, like, I didn't think they, like, snuck away. Even though they scored with eight seconds left, I think it's an easy thing to say. And from face value, that's sort of a box score thing to say, kind of a box score style, if you will, where it's like, hey, you know, look, eight seconds left. They snuck away with the point, but it really didn't feel the way. The Flyers were involved this entire time. The Flyers had a billion chances to score and could have easily, easily came out on time. If they won, if they won this game outside overtime or anything, guess what? Guess what you feel? Oh, yeah, they should have won. They deserve that. Maybe Tampa Bay pursued and, and pounced on Carter Hart, and Carter Hart was massive, and you might have not have been in that position without Carter. The Flyers still did excellent things. Puck possession in the third. Kept the puck on their stick. Had good zone entries. Were sharper in the defensive zone. Took away time and space. Had good stick. Brought the physicality. You can't downplay. And I'll kind of relate it to the first period. Like, the first, sure, you look at the shots, and you look at how Tampa played. Yeah, Tampa was strong, but you can't take away the start. You can't take away TK's goal and what he did in the defensive zone to kind of start that. You can't take away Justin Braun and what he was able to do to to grab that scoring chance early as well. Like, that mattered also. So, I kind of look at this as not so much they they snuck away with one. I saw it as they battled and they left everything out there and 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 they deserved that point. They deserved that point because Tampa Bay didn't deserve that third goal to take the lead and score on Carter Hart, right? Like that wasn't deserved. It was just kind of unfortunate for the Flyers. So, you know, playing that card, I, I think that both teams deserved the point and this one should have went to overtime. This one should have had extra hockey. And guess what? As much as we're disgusted in shootouts, no such thing as shootouts in postseason hockey. So take that for what it is. What's next? Wow, what a game. I mean, we're, what a fight to just grab a point. I mean, we go up 2 nothing. Claude Giroux, oh my God, he's our captain. Claude Giroux's our captain. Carter Hart played a good game. The shootout, we, we're not great in shootouts, but we, we found a way to snag a point. I mean, 3v3, I don't think anyone can tell me that 3v3 isn't the best thing in sports. I mean, every there's breakaways, two-on-one, so many chances. 3v3 hockey, overtime, has to be the best thing in sports. I'm just glad I got to watch that tonight. Yeah, that was a very entertaining one. No whistles, right? You see that throughout. Sometimes it can get choppy, and it can get slow, and it can get rough where one team controls the puck, and they rag it, and they wait for a bunch of line changes, and then the other team is, you know, we've seen ones that are super slow-paced and so one-sided, but when you do get these, and look, I I love it, but I don't want it to be any part of playoff hockey or anything along those lines. No, five-on-five, let them play out. Let it kind of play naturally and organically. That's what I prefer, but for regular season action, yeah, maybe take away the shootout and allow three-on-three to go longer because eventually someone's going to score. Here's Rasmus Ristolainen trying to wheel up the ice. He ended up getting rubbed off along the half wall there in the offensive zone and Tampa Bay pursued on it, but Sanheim, Travis Konechny, Cam Mackinson, they were wheeling out there a little bit. Sean Couturier had a chance early in that overtime period. Uh, it was just back and forth action that uh, you know, one of those where I, I was by myself watching the game, right? I was up and I was literally kind of bouncing up off the couch, screaming, making noises. It's been a long time since I've had that style of reaction to to a game. Like, back in the day, I was definitely a lot more vocal, a lot more intense, a lot more two feet away from the TV screen. 
screen and let my emotions fly while watching the action. But I'll say tonight, you know, it was kind of, and that makes me happy. The fact that the the Flyers move the needle for me that much, the Flyers give me that much of a purpose to lose my mind and to be involved like that. Hell yeah, sign me up. And that's kind of why I think I'm uh, I'm acknowledging the effort as well because it's like, look, the fact that you got me to feel that type of way while watching the 65 minutes of action, there's something to that, right? I mean, there's something to the way you played that tickled my fancy, if you will. All right, we'll take one more. Not much to say about this one. I mean, we never beat the Lightning in Philadelphia, and we never win in shootouts. To say the shootouts are an embarrassment to the Philadelphia Flyers is an understatement. I mean, our guys go in, fumble the puck around, easy saves for Vasilevsky. Tampa's guys come in, no deeks, just simple shots right through Carter Hart. And by the way, Carter Hart, shit tonight in the third period. That goal from Sam Coast should never go in. The team luckily battled back to get the overtime point, but you knew when the game went to the shootout, it was over. They weren't going to score on Vasilevsky in 20 chances. I think a little too harsh tonight, my man. I think a little too harsh. That tone was almost mean. I just, I don't sense the mean tone. I don't get, like, the insane frustration. I look at what we witnessed tonight, and and I'm proud of the team. And, yeah, while that goal was what it was against Steven Stamko, like, I don't look at Carter Hart and and have, like, this, I don't know. That that just felt mean towards Carter Can't happen. Was it really, like, fully, insanely his fault? Or was it just one of those bounces or one of those fluky moments and one of those unfortunate situations more than something to really... And look, yeah, he can study that, go back to the drawing board to make sure that stuff doesn't happen moving forward. But I guess I just don't have that same intense fire that I heard in your tone after tonight. And yeah, while they lost, and Steven Stamkos and these that's what like that's what these guys do. They have lethal talent that the Flyers have good talent they have we're gonna go win a Stanley Cup championship back-to-back times style of talent and that's what happens when you do you can go down there and just rip it in we talk about it all the time they don't have snipers they don't have legitimate snipers but to act as if deking is a horrendous method on a breakaway is unfair too because Steven Stamkos does that and Braden Point can do that as well I think that is more dictating maybe Carter Hart more than anything else and that's no hate on Carter Hart, I think it's just Tony, like, these guys are experienced, like, Steven Stamkos coming down, yeah, I, I mean, that this guy's been around the league scoring how many goals a year for a reason, you find a young Carter Hart, and you see that hole, and you'll rip it by him any time, and that's more of a product of who the Tampa Bay Lightning is, and, and less of Carter Hart specifically, but, yeah, I don't know, I guess I just don't vibe with, with that tone tonight, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of proud of, of what they showed me tonight. As, as a big overall package. Every game's going to have turnovers. Every game's going to have five, six, seven-minute stretches that are a little uncomfortable. But ultimately, to, to put the work in the way they did tonight and for that to be a coin flip game, that's all I can ask for. And with that being said, we're going to end things here. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode of Sports Talk with Bros. And I 